Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today is episode 49 and it's a new Q&A and street challenge episode. And my guest co-host is my good friend and photographer Steve Brokaw. Together we will answer questions about the number of keepers at the end of a day of shooting and how to start a street photography group in your area. Then we will give the names of the winners of the last street challenge and announce a new one bef before giving our picks of the week. Hey, Steve, how are you doing? Great, Valerie. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Oh, it's fun. We've been friends for a while now. You've attended yeah. about, what, three of my workshops? Three, so, yeah. Minneapolis, Paris, and LA. Yeah, so we know each other quite well. And uh, you're a busy photographer, but that's not even your full-time gig. So yeah. tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, thanks, Valerie. And hello, everybody. I'm Steve Brokaw. I'm a photographer based out of Indianapolis, Indiana, which is for you foreign guys. It's in the United States. Um, like many of the listeners, um, I have a full-time day job. However, uh, Valerie, which might be a little bit different from some of your listeners and from some of the other podcast guests, is that on top of my day job, I'm also a professional fashion and beauty photographer. And you might think, you know, why am I on street focus? Well, it's because, you know, both you and I've met each other a couple of times. And when I'm out just shooting or when I'm out uh, traveling or when I'm not in the studio, I also am an avid street photographer. Mm -hmm. And when I'm out in the street, I shoot in Sony Alpha A6000. And I also shoot film cameras, toy cameras, instant photography, you name it, I shoot it. <laughs> and uh, I'm also an avid uh, podcast listener. And I go to workshops quite actively. So pretty much anything photography related, I do it. So uh, that's pretty much me. Yeah. And uh, I, I really like your street photography. And of course, your fashion photography is <laughs> outstanding. Thanks. And um, and I will urge everyone to, to check out your work for sure. Um, cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. And uh, street photographers, I mean, I find that a lot of street photographers only shoot street photography, but... Mm -hmm. uh, I don't only shoot street. I mean, that's definitely my, my main focus, but um, I like to shoot everything. And um, yeah. I think uh, it's, it's good not to narrow yourself too much either. No, I, like I said, I, I consider my fashion work more of a profession, um, but I do the street photography because I just love it. And that's really, I was doing it before it was even called street photography. I was just out shooting. So that's right. it helps give me a good balance. Yeah. And you incorporate a lot of the your fashion and street photography and that's something we'll be talking about I a did. little bit later in the in the show okay well let's let's jump cool. into the q a segment and i will read the first question that came from kathy wood on our google plus community page um she asked what is your percentage of workable usable shots after a day of shooting and that's shooting in the streets steve do you want to take that one first Yeah, sure. Thanks, Valerie. You know, first of all, Kathy, thanks for sending your question. Um, by the way, I did check out your photos on Google Plus and, you know, keep it up because I really like your your work. You've got a cool vibe going. And I specifically like the photo you took called Sunset in the City. Really nice. Um, but Kathy, anyway, to answer your question, uh, I'll answer it in two parts. First, what I would consider today, really, unless you're shooting film, it really doesn't matter what the usable rate is. Um, because digital is cheap, obviously. And secondly, I think it really depends on your shooting style. Um, let me give you an example. Let's say you're doing running and gunning type shooting, shooting from the hip. 
um, then your frame rate count is going to obviously be a lot higher, but your usable count is going to be a lot lower. Um, but if you have a, de- you know, kind of a defined theme in mind when you're shooting, like, okay, I'm going to go out and only shoot things that are blue or only shoot uh, women with scarves, um, then your usable rate is going to be a much higher uh, and you're going to have a much lower shoot count. So I guess what I would say in my experience, uh, personally, when I'm in the studio, I'm usually getting about 50% usable rate uh, because I'm controlling everything. But when I'm in the street, I'm really lucky if I get one in five. So, you know, 20, 25% usable rate. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, like I said at the beginning, it really doesn't matter too much because digital is cheap. And, you know, if I walk out of a shoot and I have three to four really good images from uh, a street shoot, then I'm really happy with that. So I might take five, 600 shots um, and take, you know, 1,200 shots in studio. But, you know, I'll go out there run and gun and I walk out and have three or four shots that I, you know, I post on social media, I'm, I'm happy. So again, I don't really think it matters that much, but a uh, really good question. How about you, Valerie? What do you think? Well, I, I don't shoot a lot when I'm out. Um, I'm very, very discerning. Uh, and I mm-hmm. think it, I, I'm getting more and more discerning. Um, so I can be out for an afternoon and just shoot 20 frames. That just, that's not rare. Uh, and I feel like the less I shoot, the more keeper I have, the more keepers I have. I really think that um, I really believe in the power of limitations as our, our mm-hmm. listeners know, and I've written about this. Um, I think people tend to to shoot too much and not put enough intent in photography in general. As you right. said, in the streets, we control so little. We control mm-hmm. our gear, we control our vision, and and but we don't control... I mean, we don't control the environment. Uh, So, you know, people will often go into burst mode to increase their chances of getting the right shot, the, the, you know, the, the, right subject entering the mm-hmm. frame and the right step and then encourage that i mean that's definitely um something I, I don't feel like we have the same satisfaction if we get the one shot in a series of six frames or so mm-hmm. uh as if we got we nailed the shot in one single frame although <laughs> that's debatable and people right. will tell you who cares you know that's mm-hmm. the end result that matters, uh, and it's true. But um, it's also the gratification as a as a photographer. Uh, yeah. But I find that sometimes it just depends on the day of your mood if you're really in the zone or not. Mm-hmm. I can be out an, a, a whole day and just come out with one shot that I'm seriously happy with, and, and that's good enough for me, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, or I could be out like the other night. I wasn't even on a photography. I wasn't even on a photo walk, but I had my camera with. We went out. I went out with a friend, and uh, we went in some of my favorite spots in Minneapolis. I probably shot 10 frames. Uh, I'm not even sure I shot 10 frames that evening because we I was just grabbing shots here and there. And I had three three keepers that I was actually that that I will consider putting in my portfolio, which is an extremely high rate. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's very, very rare. It was just a good night, you know, and sometimes, yeah. you know, things fall into place and and or you're you just see things better. Uh, you look for certain certain things. I think, as you said, narrowing down what you're looking for. Say, okay, I'm going to shoot silhouettes or whatever. Um, you will do better work. Doesn't mean you you won't shoot anything else. But I think if you keep a focus, uh, right. that often helps as well. 
Yeah, sure. I agree. Yeah. But again, yeah, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, I was just, um, I, I hung out with Thomas Luttard in, uh, in June in Chicago, and he's telling, you know, photographers to, to, to shoot 100 pictures and throw out 99 of them keep one be very very selective but that's a really good exercise you know when you think of it that's a tough exercise but that will teach you how to be to be extremely selective and i'm not sure i would i would recommend going to that extent no no but uh but be be selective i mean i i i go through my pictures with a finger on the x and you know if they don't make the cut there is nothing i'm going to do to those pictures that's going to make them right. better uh this is street photography if the if the emotion if the gesture if the uh, are not there you know then just toss it how right. how how quick are you at uh editing i'm pretty quick generally yeah. what i'll do is just like you valerie i'll go through and uh, put everything in Lightroom and I will go through. The first thing I do is I put my finger over the X button and probably get rid of at least 25% without doing anything with them. Mm-hmm. And then I usually set them aside for, uh, you know, maybe a week and don't look at them and then go back and then I'll select. So I generally like to get one or two shots out process fairly quickly within, you know, within a week or two just to be able to, you know, say I was there. But um like yourself, I throw things away, but I, like I said, I tend to shoot a little bit faster um, because I do try to, um, you know, I'm walking, um, I'll take a few shots, I'll, I'll do a burst mode, then I'll take a few specific shots. Um, so I do tend to have a much higher frame rate uh, than, than a lot of people do. But what I've done a few times, and uh, I think maybe Kathy might want to think about this, is I've actually gone out specifically uh, and said, I'm only going to take 36 shots or I'm only yeah. going to take 50 shots. And, and so I play like I'm taking uh, a roll of film. And what that does, it forces me, to, every shot has to be good. And yeah. I also, I don't chimp. I don't look at the picture. Um, and I just make sure that when I get back, um, then my usable rate obviously is much higher. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really just what I think your personal preference is. But, uh, I, you know, I like your style where you're much more controlled in your shooting. Um, but, you know, either way, I think works. Exactly. And it all depends, too. If you're on a trip, don't limit yourself. But if you're, right. if you're walking down the street, main street in your hometown, yeah, just set some limitation. Raise mm-hmm. the bar that way. And, uh, and you'll learn so much. You'll grow so much more as a photographer. Uh, but, but I agree. Um, I, I think people need to be a little more discerning and put more intent in their photography. Right. I think that's the, that's, I mean, digital has been awesome for the learning curve, mm-hmm. but I think um, on the other hand, people press the shutter a little too easily <laughs> and don't wait for the right moment. So, yeah. um, so it can, it can be good. It can be good and, and, and bad in a way, I but, agree. but don't set the bar. You know, it's, it's all about resetting expectations. And I always mm-hmm. mentioned on my presentation when I start, you know, for new street photographers, and I was just in Dallas uh, yesterday doing a presentation there and there were quite a few non-street photographers and um, I told them if there are some landscape photographers among you, you have to reset your expectation. You have, you, you, 
you're not going to be able to come back. You're not going to, uh, you know, you can't wait for a better light. You only have that fraction of a second. You'll never get another chance. So um, things are not going to fall into place <laughs> yeah. very often. So you have to make some compromises. And, um, and you, you know, one stellar shot in a day on the street is mm -hmm. a good crop. You'll have maybe yeah. 10 fairly good shots besides that. But but one shot that you're truly proud of, that is actually pretty good. So it's all about resetting your expectations and, and being discerning. So um, yeah. so Kathy, I hope this uh, this answered your question. I mean, it really, there is no good or bad answer. <laughs> it all depends on, on, on your style and, and how new you are at this too. I think as you... As you grow as a street photographer, you need to raise the bar and, and go for the more difficult shots. So, of course, you're going to probably shoot maybe a little less, but you'll have a, a chance of more keepers. Um, so it all depends. Yep. Anything okay. else you'd like to add, Steve? No, I think that covers it. Good. Okay. Let's uh, have you read question number two. Great. Okay. The second question is from Runnerman on Twitter. Um, he's under the Twitter handle of at Bruce Runs 2. So I guess Runnerman's uh, name is Bruce. And hey, by the way, Bruce, um, really nice uh, blog that's linked to your Twitter page. You know, really keep it up. I love blogging myself. Uh, Runnerman asks, what, uh, Valerie, what tips would you give someone who wants to start a local street photography group? Well, I started a, a general photography group uh, a few years back uh, through just Facebook. And mm -hmm. it's amazing how quickly it grows. So if you want to be more specific, like street photography, I think that's a, a great idea. Just, uh, well, I did mine via Facebook uh, um group. So mm -hmm. I just added a couple local street photographers that I knew in the area and then uh and then it grew from there. So and it it will grow quite fast. So then you have to want you then you need to know okay do I want to limit the photo walks to a certain mm -hmm. number of people. Um and and really when you go on a group photo walk it's not when you're going to make your best do your best work but it's really nice it's as a social event as well so right. um and it's nice to you know the group meets you know you talk about the areas you're going to cover and then you split up so okay we'll meet back here in an hour and then you kind of exchange ideas and and then uh, and then go out for coffee so you can do it via facebook uh but i'm sure you could do it via um what are those groups called um, uh, meetups or meetup group, yeah, yeah, meetup groups. Uh, a lot of them through there you can join one. But I think the advantage of starting your own is that that's the motivation to be there yourself because right. it's easy to say, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do this. I'll go to that meetup. I'll go to that meetup, and then you're like, oh, I don't really feel like going out and and then you don't go but if you're the one who is planning it then you have the extra motivation you have to be there so it mm -hmm. makes you get out more and i think that's great and then you know have somebody help you you don't need to have a meeting every week you know just rotate with other people too um what, what are your thoughts on that steve yeah it's a good point and um by the way i think that's a really good question um uh, you know, I what I would do is same thing. I would use social media. So if you're very active with Facebook, you can do, uh, you know, just contact some of your Facebook friends or put out a an event or just put some, uh, you know, shout outs on Facebook saying, hey, I'm going to be meeting at uh, location X at this time and we're going to do a photo walk. And uh, we know when everybody arrives, you do the same thing you mentioned is plan it out, uh, say we're going to 
you know, go for this length of time and let's meet over this uh, coffee shop when we're done. Um, what I've also done and what I've, what I've used before is uh, the, um, the website meetup.com. And I checked it, uh, I've checked it a couple of times. It is international. So all you need to do is put in something like a uh, description, like street photography and put in your city. So I was playing around with that the other day and I just put in uh, street photography and put in cities like uh, Sydney and Berlin and Barcelona. And I was surprised that in all those cities, there was some street photography meetup that was being scheduled. And generally you have to RSVP, but once you do, uh, you just show up. Yeah. Um, but that's generally if you're, if you want to participate, but you can also organize one yourself, but you can do it with any social media. You can use Flickr. You can go on to Flickr and uh, put in, you know, for a tag, the, the city you're at and just put a message that, Hey, I'm going to be meeting up at this place. And I used that before a couple of years ago. So I think, uh, using social media, uh, to put a shout out and you can also contact local camera clubs that are in your city and just say you're interested in, uh, putting together a, a meetup group, uh, for street photography. Is there anybody interested in that? So I think there's a lot of ways to do it, but like you said, Valerie, I think it's important that if you're going to organize it, you want to have it kind of scheduled out and plan that you're going to meet at this time. You're going to travel, you know, go to these locations, uh, pair up. And, uh, you know, if you're running it yourself, then traditionally you're going to be there. And yeah. like yourself, I've had a couple where I said, sure, I'll come. And, you know, you know, an hour before the meetup, it's like, ah, you know, I got other things to do. So I end up don't showing up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of ways, but I would say just take advantage of social media or contact a few friends. And like you said, have somebody that can help you. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of ways of doing it. And it's fun because street photography can get pretty lonely. It can. And uh, and it's just, as I said before, it's not like you can shoot street in a, as a pack, but uh, it's nice to to start the day that way and end it that way, and and exactly. then go two by twos even and meet new people and and uh, and learn. You learn so much. I mean, there's no better way to learn than to hang out with like minded people. Um, and um, and yet, if if uh, you join a group that's already in uh, that's already set up, yep. let let them know if you don't show up because I I've I've seen that where you know you can you wait and say okay well this person is not there yet and then uh, so uh, be mindful of that for the organizer's sake yep. is uh, let them know you know, uncheck your name that you won't be attending so nobody waits for you especially when it's a small group yeah uh, nobody wants point. to leave before everybody's there but then you yeah. don't want to hold everybody up for 30 minutes so exactly uh, that happens all the time on um, well that happened i don't take care of that group anymore here locally but that's happened many times where actually i mm. showed up once because this one person was going to be there and they never showed up <laughs> so it's like okay that's great i made the trip myself yeah Bye -bye, and i'm there alone so which was okay because i'm yeah. with my camera i'm never alone but yeah. uh in the early days of that group that was kind of annoying so <laughs> so bruce i hope this answers your question just just start your own and mm -hmm. and uh and make it uh, make it a fun event um i know when i started mine although it was more general photography it was several years ago i said this is not a time to talk about gear <laughs> you know, i right. don't care at the time everybody was either nikon or canon you know and, and i said i don't care what you shoot if you start you know comparing gear and everything you just you know <laughs> You walk on the other side of the street right. <laughs> because uh, I wanted it to. I wanted everybody to feel welcome, mm 
mm-hmm. no matter what their gear or their skill levels. And uh, and then when you start talking about gear, you know, some people feel kind of, oh, that's just not for me or something. Yeah, yeah. So, um and now I think, although there's uh, a lot more brands <laughs> out there that are uh, that are more popular, uh, still, you know, I think it's something to remind people: it's not about the gear. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's more of a social event, to be yeah, honest with you. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's fun. You know, some people have new gadgets or new cameras, mm-hmm. and they want to share. But uh, it's really about the the art of photography and the. And the social aspect. But hey, if you want to do a group that's all about the gear, you can do that too. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure there'll be a lot of takers. (laughs) Cool. Okay, we have time for one last question. Uh, Came to us from John Costanoble. I think that's how you say it. Mm -hmm. Uh, When are you shooting... when you're shooting out in the streets, do you work with a preferred f-stop or do you change your f-stop depending on the scene? Steve. Yeah, good question, John. Um, yeah, what I do is I usually have a standard setting that I go out with. So um, generally, I will not generally always when I do street photography, I'm shooting an aperture priority. Um, and I generally like to have a wider depth of field because um, like I said, I tend to do more of a uh, run and gun style, you know, shoot from the hip. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll set generally uh, start off at F8. So uh, that gives me a good depth of field. And I tend to crank my ISO up a little higher than most people. So I'll generally start at about 800 ISO. So I have a good speed on my camera. And uh, so what I'll do is that if I have a more specific look that I want to go for, though, I'll generally crank my um either tighten up my aperture or I'll, I'll close it down. But bottom line is, is that generally most of the time I'm at about F8. Okay. And that gives me a pretty good range of depth of field and a good focus uh, uh, ability for my camera. So um, I, I rarely shoot wide open, um, almost never. So that's a good range for me. How about you, Valerie? Um, I shoot much wider open than that. Uh, actually, quite wide open for a street photographer. I'm really above F4, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I shoot wide open at, at night, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. if I have a 1.4, uh, sure. that's what I'll shoot at. Um, but uh, 5.6 is also a good good place to start. I mean, F8, F8 and be there. That's what they mm-hmm. used to tell the, the photojournalists right. uh, before they hit the streets. And uh, and also in street photography, you want to include some of the some of the, um, the background because the, we need a sense of place and that's important. So uh, we're not doing, we're not shooting portraits at a really, really shallow depth of field. And of course, I'll, I also shoot most of the time in aperture priority. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all depends on the scene. If I'm, if I'm, uh, shooting uh, a backlit lit subject and I want to add a sunburst um, at the corner of the of the frame you know um, then I'll shoot at f16 or or even smaller um, so it all depends on the effect you want to do so um, I, there's no right or wrong answer but you know shooting at five six or or f8 even is a good place to start right for sure yeah um and uh yeah again no right or wrong answer nope. it's really all about all about your style and uh, and experiment you know like um like i i really 
like I said earlier, add add a sunburst to your street photography. I mean, that can create such a dramatic effect if you have the sun just peeking, you know, on the corner of a building. So you and then you just uh, you just go at uh, f sixteen or or higher to create that sunburst can make some really really cool shots. So just go out there and experiment, and then uh, shoot wide open if you're shooting at night. And see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And the way I look at it too, Valerie, is it's no different than if you go out and say, look, I'm going to shoot with a 50 millimeter lens and then I'm going to go out and shoot with a 35 millimeter lens. You know, go out sometimes, shoot F8. Next time you go out, shoot uh, F5.6. Next time go 2.8. You know, just try different things as you go and then you'll find what really works for you. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Awesome. Well, great. Now it's time to give the names of the winners. And uh, there were some good entries. The The challenge was about expressions and emotions. Um, Steve, what did you think? Yeah, this was tough. Um, you know, I, I really like the images out there. There are a lot of really good images, hard to choose. But I picked um, a gentleman from Argentina by the name of Rodrigo Ruiz. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't name his photo. So I just called the tan coat man. Mm-hmm. Um really fun in image. I mean, it uh, struck home for me because, uh, you know, being a business guy, you know, I see guys walking on the street at lunchtime with their suit and tie on. And this gentleman looked like he had a uh, shoulder bag or a computer bag over his shoulder. And um, it, he just looked like he just wasn't enjoying himself. Like he was <laughs> going sure. into a, like he was going into a, a hard meeting or he was just out of a tough meeting or he was going to work. But he didn't look pleased at all, and it showed in his, his expression. And I think Rodrigo caught it perfectly. I mean, the perspective was great. Yep. Uh, um, it looked like he was actually like Rodrigo was a little either taller or was looking down on the gentleman. So it gave a really nice perspective, which is unusual. Most people shoot straight on or shoot up. Um, I thought it was framed really nicely. Um, and the way that it, it was uh, the perspective and also the lighting, it made it look like he was standing out from the photo. It was just like almost... Yeah, he was coming right at you. It's yeah, like he was definitely. coming out of that frame. Yeah. Absolutely. It was a great one. And so, you know, I think that just the the raw emotion on his face, it didn't look staged at all. The the background, you know, busy uh busy city and uh the gentleman's expression, it was uh it was perfect. So I yeah. I saw that and it brought a smile to my face and I thought, man, I would hate to be that guy. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it was really yeah. enjoyable. So, uh, Rodrigo, great job. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, great shot. Uh, same here. I, I, when I, the contest was, uh, the entries were closed, I started looking and I kept coming back to the same picture. And it was one by Jane Shears called mm-hmm. Wistful. Yep. And it's a young woman on a train and see, she's at the edge of the frame. And she's leaning her head against the window or the, the, the side of the yeah, next to the window. And she has really sad, longing eyes. And uh, the framing is great. The mood is great. It's really a beautiful shot. And uh, and it seems like Jane was quite close. And I photograph people on, you know, on trains um, being just across the aisle from them. So if you have a quiet camera, that's a good, good time to, to shoot and get some of those those moody shots, um, mm-hmm. especially with the the blur of the the countryside or whatever through the window, and uh, so your st- your subject stands out really well, and, and it's a beautiful shot. Again, um, it's all about the mood, mm-hmm. um, and um, definitely that 
longing but sad look in her face so the the emotion is very strong and uh love that shot so uh but yeah there were some there were a lot of great great entries unfortunately we can only pick one winner yep. <laughs> each and both rodrigo and jane will receive an ebook from our friends at rockynook.com so congratulations to yep. both and uh keep uh keep entering uh, it's really fun to 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 look at those uh, those pictures. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Awesome. So we have a new challenge, and how appropriate! Our next three challenge will be fashion on the streets. Yep. Uh, so uh, entries before September seventeen. So that gives you uh, a few weeks to uh, to go out there and shoot or enter a recent image um, uh, of, of fashion in the street. So, uh, mm-hmm. Steve, what can you give us for, for tips? I mean, these are not staged. Okay, no, These no, are people that stand out from the way they're, they're dressed, uh, fashionable people. Um, I'll, I'll put a few samples in the show notes. So will Steve and uh, to help you, uh, you know, get a, get a feel. doesn't have to be elegant women in Paris, no. you know, it could be some um, dude with lots of tattoos and yeah, pink absolutely. hair, whatever, you know, it's just. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, you know, I, you know, I obviously, because I, I do this professionally, um, you know, my eye is automatically drawn to, to fashion and people who are really uh, looking fashionable. And so, you know, just interpret that the way you want, but you can be something, somebody's coming out and it's got a really cool t-shirt, some, a really nice urban vibe to it. Uh, somebody coming out of a club, somebody coming out of a shop. Also, you know, experiment. There could be a, an advertisement along the side of a building of uh, some high-end fashion store and you'll see some uh, lady or some gentleman walking across that's wearing something similar or something completely, uh, up, you know, opposite of that. And you know, the, the whole vibe just screams fashion. So, mm-hmm. you know, experiment, but um, the idea would be the center part of the image or the center focus, center theme of the image is uh, something that you interpret as being fashionable. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, we, you and I were quite spoiled in LA yes. um, last, um, when was it? No, it was uh, February. February. February, yeah. yeah. Um, and and you got some good shots. I, I was also pleased with a few of the shots we got, especially at the train station. Right, yeah. Um, and then Paris, of course. Paris, wow. Uh, yeah, my September workshop is actually during Fashion Week. Oh. <laughs> I'll be thinking of you. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so lots of elegant people. And, and, and Paris in general, or Rome. Mm-hmm. You know, you oh, really yeah. get those really elegantly dressed people. So Absolutely. they really make for awesome um subject in in some fabulous backdrops so definitely uh, so get out there shoot some shoot some fashionable people but again that's really open to interpretation mm-hmm. and uh enter a web resized picture so you know around 800 pixels wide so you should have any problem uploading that in the show notes for episode 49 and entries and on September 17. Yep. Good luck. And we are at the pick of the week. So, Steve, what do you have for us? Um, Valerie, thanks. You know, it's I have a lot of picks, but I have one that I want to uh, focus on. And that is, um, I told you at the beginning, I do a lot of photography and film photography, but I also shoot um, instant photography a lot. So a lot of people remember the old Polaroid cameras. Um, and there's also a couple of other brands, but bottom line is, is that 
there's thousands of Polaroid cameras all around the world and people they're in people's um, basements and their closets, wherever. So the big challenge is, is that there's not enough, there's Polaroid doesn't make film anymore. So there's a company that's been uh, making a Polaroid type film for the last couple of years. And the company's called the impossible project. And um, so they sell film that's compatible with almost all of the old Polaroid cameras. And uh, it's, a, it's a bit expensive, but what I've always done is when I go out and do some street photography, I also take a Polaroid camera with me. And I did that when I was in LA. I did it mm -hmm. when I was in Paris. And, um, and so it's really fun just to snap off a few Polaroid shots. And then you can, you know, take a picture of it with your iPhone or with your Android device and, you know, post it on social media, but, or you can give it to people. So um, what I think the Impossible Project is single-handedly brought back instant photography for the Polaroid camera crew. So if you have an old Polaroid camera and you want to get out and use it, uh, go to your local camera store or go on to any online store and um, look up the Impossible Project. It's a pretty cool film and I use it. I probably go through two packs a week, I would say. Wow. I, I love having Steve on a workshop because we all get <laughs> prints <laughs> at dinner when we're yeah. having fun. <laughs> so yeah. that's always fun because we really, I mean, it, we, we grab, you know, iPhone shots and, mm -hmm. and share, but having a print, I still have that print that you took of me with uh, Rinzi and Ibarionex in yeah. LA. And yeah. uh, I love it. Actually, I took a picture of it to save mm -hmm. it longer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because I don't know, how long do those little pol Polaroids? Um, oh, years. That was, have, that was a Fuji Intax, wasn't it? That was an Instax, yeah. So Instax. you can still buy an Instax. Yeah. Um, but the old Polaroid cameras, the, the images will last. I still have they some fade. that... Yeah. They fade, yeah. But yeah. that kind of adds a little bit to the coolness of it, yeah. the kind of the, the hipster vibe. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll last for years. Um, yeah. but they're fun just to put up on a refrigerator or put on a wall. So, um, for sure. Yeah, they're yeah. great. Because I mean, who prints Yeah, we print our art mm -hmm. work, but we don't print family pictures anymore. No, no. And friends. And, and I remember our refrigerators used to be filled with pictures of <laughs> friends and family and now they're not no it's they're on your sad. phone now yeah i know it's kind of sad so let's reverse the trend right and start buying magnets again to put all little <laughs> polaroid shots on the refrigerator definitely awesome great great pick yep. mine well i kind of run out of ideas <laughs> i'm using the one i used for the main twip show the other day but not everybody who listens to sweet focus listens to the main show so it's the lens mate thumb grip that I purchased recently oh, for yeah. my X100T. And I'm, I'm really excited about this because I was feeling a little guilty spending $60 on that little piece of metal to just make my camera more comfortable. I had one for the X100S, but I had bought an off-brand for $19. And I thought, oh, wow, what difference can it make to get <laughs> one that's $40 more? Well, it makes a huge difference. I cannot believe how much, how much, it, how much different it makes you know the way it's it's um the way it's built the way the angles are smooth and is the finishing and everything it looks like it came with the camera actually mm -hmm. so i actually uh because the x100s thumb grip grip doesn't fit on the t uh, i had to buy a new one mm -hmm. and so the lens mate It's pretty awesome. It came in a little jewelry box, and uh, it was well worth the money. I think. Oh, I agree. <laughs> uh, it's really beautifully 
um, engineered. So um, if um, if you want to buy yourself a present, uh, that's a nice little, for me, it's, it's better than jewelry. So <laughs> give me a little jewelry box. I'm yeah, like, oh, this yeah. is better than that's anything nice. else. And, uh, and really, if you are an X100 series user, you... I spent the first year with that camera without a thumb grip and I kicked myself <laughs> because after I got the thumb grip, I'm like, how did I ever right. hold that camera in my hand without it? It's so much more comfortable. So well worth well worth the investment, whether yeah. you get the, the cheap one or, or the nicer one. I agree. Do you have uh, thumb grips on your cameras? No, and no. I'm, I wish I do. I mean, obviously for my DSLRs, I don't need them. You but, don't need that. Uh, for my smaller uh, you know, like this, the Alpha 6000, the Sony camera, um, I definitely want one. And, you know, I when we were in L.A., everybody put their cameras on the table and showed me. And it's like, ah, I'm jealous. I want one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I, I Your blog post the other day about uh, listed it. So, yep. you know, I went online and I looked at it and I said, yep, I'm going to have to get yeah. one. So, yeah, I'll have one ordered in the next couple of days. But but again, make sure you get the one that's for your specific model, because exactly. although the the X100S and the T look identical. Yeah. Uh, they're not. Yeah, they're camera <laughs> and, uh, specific. Yeah, so they're camera specific. Exactly. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Um, a couple of announcements. Well, actually, I don't really have a whole lot of announcements, uh, except that my photo workshops are se- selling out really fast for next year already through 2016. Some of them are already sold out, and I'm uh, excited to meet many new Street Focus listeners in 2016. But there are still some spots left in, in various workshops, so I hope to meet more of you out there. You can see all information on my website at www.valeriejardinphotography.com, and that's V A L E R I E J A R D I N photography, all in one word. And I will be adding probably a couple more weekend workshops, but um, uh, the week long workshops, it's all set and selling. So, um, Steve, where can people um, see more of your work? And do you have anything special to announce? Uh, well, you know, I'm just constantly busy doing a lot of photo shoots, um, on my fashion side. So be keeping a hundred percent busy on that. Uh, but yeah, if you want to follow me or just check out what I'm doing, I'm pretty active on social media. Um, I primarily look at, I primarily use Facebook and Instagram. Um, just go, just search my name, Stephen Brokaw, and I'm sure that'll be, the links will be in the show notes. Um, I also am very active on Twitter. Uh, so again, just uh, the link will be in the show notes. But if you want to look at any of my portfolio sites, um, the my my fashion work and my portfolio is at uh, www.stephenbrokawphotography.com. And that also has my fashion and lighting blog. I keep a pretty active blog about lighting and how I work in the studio. And if you want to uh, look at any of my street photography uh, that I use on film, or my uh, film blog. I have an active uh, film uh, uh, blog at uh, www.filmphotographylust.com. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I all my film um, photos that I've taken in Paris and L.A. Uh, are on that blog. So, yeah, check them out. Great. Well, thank you so much. It, oh, my gosh, you were so prepared. <laughs> it was really, <laughs> really fun. <laughs> really easy to do a show with you. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it, Valerie. I mean, you're great. And, you know, I just want to do one shout out to your workshops. You know, I know a lot of people go to those things, but, you know, it's not only is it 
an amazing learning experience, but you get to see like-minded people. I've made some great friends and I've stayed in contact since. Um, You you were even um, on Frederick's, um, on the workshop when Frederick was in Paris. I was, yeah. So Frederick and I became pretty good friends through that. And, uh, you know, I've met people all around the world. So definitely if you have... uh, have the time and if you want to learn something and have an amazing time take one of valerie's workshops well thank you <laughs> um, they're, they're excellent thanks for the plug yeah. <laughs> thank you steve and we are at the end of another episode of street focus please head over to thisweekinphoto.com street to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and don't forget to upload your image for the new challenge fashionable fashion in the streets uh, before September 17. And if you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to add a rating on iTunes and uh, a few words if you if you have a, a few minutes. That'd be awesome. My name is Valérie Jardin and you've been listening to Street Focus. And uh, now it's time to grab that camera and hit the streets. Hit the streets.